Hello and welcome to Two Girls in a Pod. I'm Sharon. I'm Christy. Hope all of you are doing well today. You know, we're sitting, as always, you know, we do our little conversation about what are we going to talk about. And one of the things we're going to talk about today is trees, if you can believe that. (laughs) But the reason we're going to talk about trees is because we have this tree in the front of our house. We love trees. Trees are just something that have, is something that Christy and I both share this love for. And we can talk about trees. We love going and looking at trees. But this tree in the front of our house, later today, in about an hour, hour and a half, they're going to come and cut it down. And you know, it's been kind of hard for us, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, I it's a life and it's really hard to think about cutting it down. But, you know, I mean, it's only out of necessity that we are doing that. But yeah. I was putting in some trellises and... uh the root of the tree is almost to our concrete, our driveway. And then on the other side, it's getting really close to the house. So as much as we love the tree, it's just a lot more costly to replace driveway and to replace uh, a foundation. Yeah, so we've so made you know, that decision, but it's, it's with heartache in a way. <laughs> yeah, and it's something that we really sat and thought about because, you know, when you think of trees, and I don't know about all of you out there, but when you think of trees, their life, there's oxygen to them, just the beauty of them. And there's just so many different kinds of trees even that I don't know for us. I think there are other tree lovers out there, <laughs> or I hope there is. I was reading the article to you the other day that really made us sad is, you know, the rainforest, how much of it's been taken away because they cut it down for cattle grazing and this and that. And, you know, the thing is, is that you can grow a cow much faster than you can grow a tree. And when you look at that, you know, we look at the, and nothing against the beef industry, okay? We've been known to partake in a little bit of beef. But the thing is, is that, you know, how do we find those balances? Because, you know, our rainforest is crucial. It is crucial to our life because of the amount of oxygen and everything and everything that it does for us. You know, so that was really sad and that, you know, they didn't, it wasn't until there was some outcry and then the president said, okay, we're not going to let you cut for 30 days. Well, 30 days does not grow a tree, people. So I don't even know what that was all about. And I get it. People need to eat and they need to have money to feed their families and all of this and that. But at, you know, at those expenses, so it's kind of a little different for me. And I know for you that the whole idea of them cutting down the rainforest is. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know how many people have watched some of those programs on like Animal Planet and those, but there's one that we really like. It's Blue Planet. And it talks about the the trees and them being the lungs of the planet and that and just the vastness and and how much it impacts all of us. And I just I love that series, especially the one on the trees. So if you haven't watched it, oh my goodness watch it. It is an amazing series. Christy looks at me, she goes, are we going to do the whole podcast on just trees? (laughs) And I said, no. I said, because when you look at a tree, I said, you know what? One of the things when I look at trees, there is something about them. First off, their behaviors are so humanistic in some ways. And what I mean by that is they're resilient. You will look out and there will be one little crack in a boulder and out comes a tree. The resiliency of them is like humans. Humans have a resiliency. They have a desire to live and to thrive. 
and you see that with the tree. And I know anybody been out in the in in the you know out where there are trees, you sit there and you'll see that. You will find that tree that's like whoa. So how is that even happening? But the other cool thing about trees is there's an interconnectivity with them, just like we are interconnected. Mm -hmm. And they they know that the trees actually talk to one another. They are connected in that way. They have a root system that extends our root system, our family. People will look in at their family system and say, who's the tree really? And then everybody else is the, you know, the roots. But that tree is the start of it. Even the whole terminology of the family the tree. tree. Yeah. It's those offshoots. Mm-hmm. And that's when you look at one tree and you see another tree, they're the offshoot of each other, just yeah. like we are. So when you look at all of these similarities with the tree, and maybe that's why trees are important to us, I don't know. I don't know. But the resiliency of trees, that's really, when you look at, we had just recently saw a picture of, um, I don't remember An what article. location. It's in uh, New Zealand. Yeah. So it's it, because of the winds that come off of the Antarctic. Right, and the trees really actually grow at a bent angle. I mean, they and you can tell they look completely windblown, even when there's not wind, because of how they grow. They've adapted to their that surrounding because they said the winds that come off there are so strong, while they're cold too. These trees have found a way, and they're thriving. I always remember that off of uh, Jurassic Park life will find a way and you see that yeah you see that with people you think somebody's a baby's born and people think they're not going to thrive and then they thrive but that comes to the next part of trees the reason a tree can thrive is because it will seek out the elements or what it needs in order to do so and in life that's what we do we will thrive if the elements are the way in place to help us thrive those mentors, those people who come in, the job, the education, it could be anything. That's why it's really important to surround yourself with the people that encourage and support and can help you along the way in your journey and your path forward. And, you know, like in every relationship, and you were talking with your sister this morning about relationships and how sometimes they're just temporary. And what's sad is this tree has been here long before us. And when I say we've appreciated this tree, we really have. This tree really flourished. But then we had some super high winds. A tree in a 100-mile-an-hour wind, it just doesn't do well. So we had a lot of branches. So our tree really does look a little pathetic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not this kind of tree. Didn't was not prepared for that kind of wind. You know, it's kind of like, I always think of that Charlie Brown where they take that really, that tree that's all nothing. Well, if you look at ours, half the branches are gone, the others are broken, but we still want, even after that, we still said, I think it could make it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was hard to say, let's just cut it down. But we had a lot of talks about it because once again, it was a relationship we had with the tree and unfortunately it's coming to an end and there will be a little bit of sorrow about that and it's okay. You know what I mean? We can grieve the loss of something that has an impact in our life and in some way. It's been our Halloween tree where we put up our ghosts and witches and everything. It's been our Christmas tree where we have our happy holiday and our lights and all of that stuff. It shaded our yard so that it got green. Mm -hmm. It had a purpose. Right. 
So trees all do have a purpose, just like we all do. Yes. And how they communicate and how they adapt all of the stuff that we do as humans. Yeah. I had even uh, read an article some time back that was talking about how our climate, because of our climate changing, and it's obviously impacting the weather and where the trees grow, they are showing that there are different types of trees that only grew, say, back east. And those trees, some of them are migrating this direction. They're finding them further and further west than they ever have. Once again, life will find a way. Right. And I think when you look at people, it is the same thing. Life will find a way. And I think the important thing to know about that is that if we look and we can see humans in nature and nature in humans, because I think it is a relationship that we have with the environment around us. And that I think is the important thing. We have to understand that even as human beings, we're not in this alone. We have so much relationships that happen with our pets, our, the animals around us, things in nature, all of that stuff. So those are the things that we have to really look at. And that's why for us, trees have such a relevance in our lives. Trees have relevance in everyone's lives. Yes. They just don't realize it. But it is about the connectivity. We're connected to each other. We're connected to the land. You know, and I think what's interesting is because, you know, we've traveled to some different parts. And it's funny because you love palm trees. Love palm trees. Which is an interesting thing about palm trees where that they grow, they have to withstand things like hurricanes and that. And they have the ability to do that because of how they're made. They are how they grow. The they are resilient and they can withstand that kind of climate. So we have the tree that's resilient and then can be adaptable. Right. And it that's how bend. we and that's how we are as people. Right. We learn to adapt to the environment that we're in. We learn to adapt to the environment that we are in. And there is no difference in that. And what I mean by that is why it's so important is because when we can do that comparison, we can draw strength from other things as well. And that's what we're doing. We draw strength from the things that we see around us and that relationship we have with those things. We water the tree. And in return, it gives us shade. It also gives us a lot of leaves in the fall. So that's another big thing is that relationship. Sometimes those relationships are just that way. Each relationship serves a purpose. And in that relationship, we sometimes, there's all the leaves fall, our relationships, some fall away, they come back. We even go through this thing of a rebirth ourselves, you know, in the fall, the leaves fall away and then they're barren for the winter and then it comes back. And, you know, that's the thing. We're the same way. We will oscillate. We will go back and forth in the things that are going on in our lives. We talk about that even with our health. We were having that conversation this morning. You know, we change different things in our lifestyle, our lifestyle, you know, and then we get rid of some stuff. And then sometimes, believe it or not, we'll bring it back. There's this rebirth to it. Relationships are that way. A friend goes away for a while and you find them on what? Facebook or some social media. And you're they're like, yay. Mm -hmm. So I think the relationship to me is one of the biggest things. And 
And, you know, I think when you think of the new avatars coming out, so that made me think about that. But if you watch the movie Avatar, the importance of that connectivity, that how important that was, how they understood that the trees were life, were communicating, were a living organism. Yeah. The trees were communicating with them and, and with every creature. One of the scenes I love at the end of that movie, uh, or towards the end of the movie, when they're all at the foot of that tree, and they're all reaching out, all of their hands connecting, touching each other, and it looked like they were symbolic of the root of the tree. Yeah. That was such a neat scene to me. Yes. And that's really really what it is. I I think that that was such a neat message. And I think that's what it is too. I think that in life, there's this connectivity. There's this root system. When I talk to my everybody and, and you know, I always say this, you know, every person we meet, we leave a little of us with them and they get a little of us when they leave. Even in that brief moment of exchange, there's a connectivity. Sometimes it's a positive one, sometimes not, but there's a connectivity. (laughs) But that's you branching out. That's them branching out. And then sometimes I always tell my clients, I love the knowledge that they have because, you know, somebody will say, oh, wait a minute, I know that. And people will ask me, how can you know so much stuff? Because I have clients from all walks of life and they share their wealth with me. They are sharing their journey with me. If it is something that they're experiencing in their life, in the mental health thing, and they talk with me about, you know what, this worked for me. How did that work for you? Then that can be shared with the next person. And in those conversations, they're not only taking a little bit of me, but they're taking a little bit of this other person Mm -hmm. with that knowledge that we share, which I think is so cool. You know, I often think about that. Well, a friend called us last night, huh? She had a question about something and she says, who would know the answer to that? <laughs> she called us. Call us. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah. Okay. It's this. It's because I listen in those exchanges and I am always grateful, grateful, grateful to everything that they teach me. Mm-hmm. But not just my clients, people in general, people who are friends. We learn from them all the time. You know, we're always learning from Sandra, the newest books out. <laughs> Or what book is this? Or, And then somebody says, oh, do you know a good book? I'll, I can say, oh, you know, I haven't read this book, but my friend said this book is a really good one. Mm-hmm. So those are the things we're talking about. It's something simple, even that simple. Right. It's that exchange of information. And I think that's that communication. I think that's that communication that trees have. And I often wonder if tree, you know, like the tree in our front yard, if it's talking to our neighbor's trees and that. <laughs> but, you know, we had a tree in their backyard, so we cut down the tree in the backyard, right? Well, we had like 900 of them, so it was a fire hazard, unfortunately. They had actually had a fire back there because they had so many trees. But it's funny because the root system grew and went into the neighbor's yard, so now the neighbor has the tree, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. And they didn't cut it down because it's it's kind of nice. It's a natural privacy. So that's another thing that they give us, privacy. Yes. <laughs> They're used for a lot of different things. And a friend of ours, in fact, the one that had called last night had told us about, she goes hiking a lot and she had mentioned about how she had seen some of these trees called the prayer tree. Apparently it's a Ute Indian prayer tree is a culturally modified tree. So they used a lot of them to point the way, whether it be to a water source or 
just to different resources and things like that. What they meant by that, the culturally modified tree, is that the ute would take care to modify the tree by peeling its bark or bending it in places using hemp ropes creating, uh, created from yucca plants or horsehair. The most common trees used by the ute were ponderosa pines and aspen, and apparently there's quite a few of these around here and in Monument and that. But all modified trees by the ute were sacred, and prayers, these prayers and the trees' consent to, of, and permission in the modification, they used gratitude to the creator for these trees to help them, whether it be they used them for trail markers, medicine trees, burial trees, story trees, prophecy trees. And like I said, also to like point the way to water sources and things like that. So I just thought that that was a really neat thing, how that they used them in in their culture and how they gave thanks for that. Which is really interesting because I, I have a, a few Native Americans on my caseload and I've been talking to this one. We talk a lot. His belief system, his Native American heritage is extremely important to him. So it's very much a part of our therapy. And we talk about trees. And, and I thought what he said was really, he goes, if you ever go and just touch a tree, he says you can feel its pulse. Like this relationship, like the heartbeat of the tree. Feel the energy. And he also informed me that he knew we were cutting this tree down. And so I will, when, after the tree is cut down, I will do an offering of tobacco because it's a gratitude, because it, it provided something. So in honor of that, we will be putting tobacco down. And I think that, and some people will say, well, that's really dumb or whatever. It doesn't matter what, there's no harm in it. You know, I think it goes... Back again to Avatar where, you know, when they're doing that, he doesn't understand why they're paying homage to the animal that they just killed. But as he gets to understand the culture and stuff, he then understands the relationship that is taking place. And when we do that in our own lives with our own relationships, mm-hmm. when we have gratitude for them, when we reach out to say, hello, how are you today? Or I was thinking about you. Yeah. Those are important things. Or if a relationship is ending, I wish you well on your journey. Yeah. It's the same difference. There's ways to do that because it's not about, you know, you know, sometimes you realize that you've evolved and maybe outgrown some relationships and you have to move on, but it doesn't have to be a negative in a negative way. You can do it in a way that you do wish that person well and you move on. You know, and I often talk with my clients about that, the importance of, you know, if you want a divorce or whatever, don't be mean. We're adults. Let's just make that decision to be kind to each other. That's all we have to do. Kindness goes a long ways. So also, if you are interested in learning more about the Native American prayer trees, there is one that is specifically, it's the Native American prayer trees of Colorado. Uh, It's a book by John Wesley Anderson. Available on Amazon. <laughs> you know, that might be a fun book to read. You know, it's interesting because we also talk about going where? Madagascar. Why? Uh, because the trees look amazing. To think that those trees only grow there. And if, if you have not seen the trees in Madagascar, oh my gosh, go look it up. They go see are, it. 
If you watch Blue Planet, you will see <laughs> about them on there. They are really amazing. And that's kind of what's cool. You know, the other thing I was going to tell you is, you know, it was so interesting to me when we went to Michigan. And then the trees there were just so beautiful during fall and all of that. Then, you know, we went to Yellowstone and they have different trees. It's so cool. I think to see all of the leaves in the fall is beautiful anyway. But and it's so different on this end of the country versus the other end. And some people say, you know, oh, this is so much prettier. Or that's so much prettier. But it really is. They're beautiful in their own way. Like out here, you have so many yellows from the aspens and stuff like that. It's beautiful in fall. And then you go back east and how many of the reds you see. It from is, the maples. Yes. It's just, it's vibrant and beautiful in just in different ways, different colors. Which comes to the point of the place of different cultures. Yes. Different colors of our skin, all of those things. It's like this, you can go different locations, you can see different people, you learn about different people, and the beauty in those cultures, in those ethnic backgrounds, that's trees. You know, if I want to see the maples, those, that, those beautiful maples, it means I have to go up northeast. Okay. You it's know, you, just something to celebrate in each location because each of them are so unique and so beautiful in a different way. Exactly. Just as we are as human beings, right. that, that whole beauty that we have and, and why it is amazing and why it is, to me, I find that just such an amazing thing to, to see all the colors and all of the differences and, and the beauty that it brings to this world. Yeah. Could you imagine how boring it would be if, if oh. everything was the same? If it was all, you know, what? whether the people be the same or the trees or whatever. I mean, we would get tired and bored of seeing the same thing all of the time. And like I said, that's what's so interesting. Even like with people, it's not just within the United States, but we can travel the world now and we can see all of this montage of difference. And just to me, I just love it. And I think that's another thing that trees represent for me is going everywhere, seeing different things. I know that you are on a wisdom app and I know you answer questions on there. And one of the questions that you got was about one of the things that you love and appreciate about your country, I believe. And I was in agreement with you. One of the things that you talked about was the diversity here. And I mean, you know, we've always, you're taught from the time that you're a kid about it being sort of a melting pot. Well, and in a way it is because our people come from everywhere. You know, I mean, you have the indigenous, but I mean, there is such a mix of people. And to me, that is something to celebrate. I think that it is so cool that there are so many represented here. And that was part of my answer with that is because not only we can go from desert to ocean to forest to high alpine deserts. I mean, we've got that here and okay. the diversity of it. We have diverse trees here, and, and you know, which is kind of cool. And then some trees I Okay, I'm not real big on anything that has to do with, uh, I even block it from my mind. I'm telling you right now because I'm so allergic. Oh, junipers. <laughs> anything juniper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't like to say the word. They might be beautiful, but for me, they just wreak havoc on me. <laughs> <laughs> Though all trees do in a way, but I don't care. It doesn't mean that it's going to stop me from being in nature. It doesn't mean it's going to stop me from appreciating them and truly understanding the value of them. And sometimes the struggle is real when we go hiking. But yeah. 
it can be. Yeah. I think what's cool too is how many hikes we've been on that there's just such a magical feel to them. What's cool to me is that I really feel like a lot of times you can look at a tree and whether it be because of the the way that the tree is formed, the how it grew or that, it can invoke such a feeling inside. Maybe it's something that, you know, a picture that you see of it and then you and you think, Panda, you just want to go and sit and read under that tree or whatever. <laughs> or, oh, I want to climb that tree. It just looks like it would be so much fun to climb that tree. Or it's cool to me that it has that it can create such a feeling in you just seeing some trees and I don't know. I think that's really neat. I do too. And you know, when you say climbing tree, you know, I mean, it took me back to my childhood. We had a tree at our home and we would get up on it. We could climb on it. And the way the tree branch was, it it kind of went to the road. So if people were going by, you could talk to people as they went by. It's a dirt country road, but we could sit on it. It was our horse. It was, I mean, we had a swing from it. I mean, we could climb it. It was just this amazing tree. And maybe that's where the love of tree started for me. I do not know. But I remember that was such an amazingly fun place for us. And then I remember when we, that's a story for another day. That was a family story where we weren't doing what we were supposed to as small children, as children. And uh, anyway, down comes the tree. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) But the thing is, is that I can think back on it. And I love the memories of that tree. There was something about it. I just connectivity to it and maybe because I knew that it gave me something and I helped water it as a kid (laughs) but that's something that I think is really cool when my brother passed he loved outdoors and he loved hunting and stuff so when he passed away planted a blue spruce for him and how tall that blue spruce got in those years after him until uh of course my parents passed away and then that was we didn't own that property anymore But even that, just watching that tree grow and how it was just so beautiful and full, man. Mm -hmm. They can be symbolic of other things. You know, there's just. They give back to us in so many ways. And, you know, I mean, I remember growing up with the apple tree in my yard. Boy, my mom made a lot of good apple pies out of that. (laughs) It's so nice when you have something like that accessible to you. We've talked about if we could have an avocado tree, how much that would uh, benefit (laughs) us or a mango tree. (laughs) We just don't live in the right climate for that. We had an apple tree, remember? Oh, Oh, my God. This apple tree was it gave more apple. I was just there like, oh my God. But you know, I we were the ones picking them up. So we'd pick them up and put them on my dad's pickup and we would take them to the horses. Yeah. We'd have another try to take them. And you know, I'd have to pick it up before I had to mow the yard and all that. But we had electrical lines that kind of ran by them. And one day we're there, walk outside and the kids are up in the tree getting our apples. And I'm thinking, oh my God, they're going to hit those electrical wires and we're going to kill a kid. Right. It was horrible. Yeah. So we had to make that hard decision where they're like, oh, God, we got to get this tree down because what we didn't want was a dead kid or, you know, one electrified. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that was causing us some angst. (laughs) But people liked the apple because we had so many apples. Mm -hmm. I didn't care. My thing was just don't climb up in the tree. You know, if we're there, ask us or whatever. But you know how kids are. Yeah. They don't do that. They were wait, wait till we were gone and climb the tree. You know. Yeah. So. 
that was a little nerve wracking for us. Yeah. And then remember the tree next to it was a choke cherry tree. And I don't know if y'all have ever had choke cherry jam, but I'm telling you right now, that is the best. <laughs> uh, my brother owned the home, then we bought the home, but my brother did not like the tree. So he went and cut it down. Broke my dad's heart. I'm telling you, when I say this, my dad loved that tree. He loved choke cherries. So when my brother was just renting it out, my dad would go water the tree. You know, remember, life will find a way. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was huge. We had so many choke cherries. The neighbors, whoever, yeah, y'all come get, get choke cherries. We don't care. Me and the birds would fight about it, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> that tree came back so full. And had so many choke cherries on it. Oh, it was insane. And my dad would come and pick choke cherries. But I have to tell you the story. He goes, he thought I'm going to go pick some choke cherries. I said, okay. So we're inside and I look out and my dad's sitting. He took a five gallon bucket and he flipped it over and he's picking choke cherries. Well, we had a black lab mix and she's sitting next to him. And here my dad is. He'd pick a few choke cherries, eat a few, and he'd feed the dog a few. Not as many were going in the bucket as could have been. <laughs> yes. So I go to my dad and I said, Dad, you can't, you can't, you can't keep feeding Sassy the choke cherries. He goes, why? I said, because I don't think it's going to be good when she poops that out. <laughs> you know? But he loved that tree. So just mm. the me memories from that tree, you know, and then we had another one because we had moved in there. It was shortly after we had moved into the house. And remember, it was one of our first memories with the little neighbor girl. Yes. And we built such a great relationship with our neighbors. And but she was so little and she came over. She would come over and uh, our neighbor, Jean, because we've talked about her before. She would look for her little daughter, Joy. And then I would say, oh, she's over here with me. She'd come over and she was my little helper. So she would she would have a little I would give her like a little uh, old coffee can. And that would be her bucket. And she would help me pick choke cherries or even pick apples. Yeah, and June always said, she's much more helpful at your house than she is mine. <laughs> but we, it was such a great time. And that was the start of this amazing relationship that has turned into family for us. Mm -hmm. So you're right. You can tie in memories to those things and, and why they're important, the value of them. We love our tree in our backyard here because when we're in the hot tub, it was so cool, but we had to get rid of part of the trees because once again, the fire hazard, it was getting up underneath the concrete. It would make this canopy over our, it was so unbelievably beautiful. When we first got the hot tub, we had talked about, you know, doing like a pergola or something like mm -hmm. that. And then after putting it out there and getting out there and using it, we were like, why would we ever cover this canopy that this tree creates and how beautiful it is. And it is. So, and, and I think the thing of, you're right, there's just so many amazing memories that we tie into trees as well. And, you know, it's not, and like I said, that's like our relationships with people. We have these amazing memories with them. And, and you know, trees provide warmth for us too, because we have a fireplace. So we, we uh, burn wood. And I and the houses we've owned because of the how cold it would get and stuff. You know, you have your furnace, but you burn your furnace all the time and you're going to really be paying out a lot. So we had a wood burning stove and it would heat our home. Yeah. You know, it kept us warm. Especially in the dead of winter with that home had been built in like 1925. 
and had an old wall heater that I think that had been there since day one. <laughs> and so it really, I mean, it did its best, but you know, <laughs> it would not heat all the way to the back of the house. And so I was truly grateful that we had a wood stove. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it was wonderful. And then sometimes we make it too hot, but that was okay. You know, it would eventually cool down. Yeah. <laughs> but those are the things, you know, just that going for wood for the first time with my family. Christy's a city girl all the way. Yeah, that brought me right back to that too, because we did a trip up the mountain to get wood and that was a learning experience. <laughs> you know, trees are big. And so my dad's sawing. And then he tells us, put it on the truck. And Christy's like, <laughs> like, wow, these are huge. And you want us on to pick them up? <laughs> but we did. We did. Yeah. Those are really fun times. And, you know, it's funny because I have so many good memories of going for wood. And it was something that we did. We did with friends and family. So it became this thing. But we were out in nature. And, and maybe that's that other thing of contributing to my love of the trees and stuff is just that that relationship, for lack of a better word, with it. And so I think that's the thing. But it's looking at it deeper and understanding that trees are no different than us. Yeah. And they, they serve many amazing purposes. But just even to look upon them and see their strength and, like you say, their resiliency and just their beauty and their adaptability. Yeah. You know, if it's going to be too cold up here and I'm not going to survive, I'm going to migrate. So there's a lot we I'm can gonna... learn from trees. Yeah. And I think the thing is, too, that I think is really amazing about it is just that relationship between the tree and, and humans and how we have to understand that interconnectivity of these things and why they're valuable. Just like why are some relationships more valuable than others or not necessarily or not necessarily more valuable, but the investment we have in them. Maybe that's a better way of saying it. I love those places. I had some uh, friends from Australia and they lived in Brisbane and they were all excited because they bought some property. But part of buying that property was they had to plant 200 trees because you could not take away from nature there. You had to give back. And, you know, I've read countless articles of one person planting a forest, starting when they were young and how it grew and how it multiplied and all of these things that think of giving back. And when this is kind of interesting, I did not know, but you know, in the rainforest, a forest fire does not start on its own. I mean, not from the elements because of the humidity and all that. I thought, well, anywhere there's lightning, but apparently not. So all of those have to be man-made. Here, we don't have that here because of our dry climate and stuff like that. And I mean, we look around Colorado and Colorado, we've been ravished by forest fires and stuff. And But it's so interesting to me. And we talked about that when the forest fire comes and, and takes it out. Oh, um, no, it wasn't me. It was me and my client. He was saying about how you start seeing all of the foliage come out, mm -hmm. plants, everything. So it doesn't necessarily kill the soil in that. Life will find a way. Mm -hmm. Again, back to that resiliency. Look at the, um, it was like, what, not last year, the year before, where the, a lot of the sequoias um, were oh, yeah. badly damaged in the uh, fire. Yeah. But that they've, a lot of them were coming back. They didn't 
you know, originally think that they would be able to. Yeah. So I always think of, I have not seen the sequoias. That's on our list. Christy has seen the sequoias. In my head, I cannot wrap my head around the size of that tree. I, I can't. Right. And you see pictures of it and you see pictures, people standing next to them. They look like little teeny tiny ants. In my head, I cannot see that until I actually see it. I think, you know, it's kind of like you you picture the Eiffel Tower of those things. And then you're there like, oh, what is it? But then when you stand next to you, they're like, oh, I'm so tiny. Yeah. <laughs> it's so big. You know, so there's all of those things. And just that thing of being able to see those things because they are such a, a iconic thing for us in the United States. The, the sequoias are, you know, are big. You know, if we look at our trees, but, you know, I love those maples, man. We're mm-hmm. doing, that's on our list of things to do as well, is we want to take a trip up northeast when the time of the color, color change. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when you see pictures of it, in, in your mind, you're thinking, this can't even be real, but it is real. Mm-hmm. It's what it gives back to us. It's the beauty of all that. Like our relationships, our relationships give back to us. All of those things that are so important. So I guess it is the tree coming down and our tree guy got here and he's actually getting his stuff set up and ready to take down this magnificent tree. And there's a little bit of sadness with it, but at the same time, there's an understanding. There will be an offering to the tree, just as we do with sometimes when the people we love leave us, you know, we do the same thing. We offer flowers, Mm -hmm. food, friendship, comfort. Yeah. The same, those relationships. And hopefully as you're listening to us today, you start to see those parallels and you start to look back on your history and you have those fond memories of those trees that were important to you, whether it's going out on hikes or all the different stuff. And I think even like when your uh, sister came, because she's from Illinois and being from here, our, even our rock formation. So we took her to Garden of the Gods and stuff like that. And just the difference, that diversity once again. It was really interesting for her. She's been to the valley and watching, you know, the night sky in the valley versus, you know, all of these things, the trees, those things. It's such a different, it's going from culture to culture. Mm -hmm. And what we learn from those cultures, you know, is something fascinating to me. And, you know, you go to the South, like your mom in Alabama, the greenery there is very different than Mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. And when people would talk about that before I ever traveled, I would be there like, what do you mean? The trees are the trees. You know, I didn't understand. And then when I went to South Carolina for the first time, I'm there like, holy crap, mm-hmm. this looks so different. Right. Anyway, but it was such a neat experience. Some of them have such a unique look. I know that one that sticks out in my mind is the weeping willow. Oh. When I was a kid, my grandmother had one in her front yard. And I, I just, that tree stands out in my mind. I mean, I remember just how it flows with the wind and everything. And it just looks so cool. And there's actually one that's right down the street from us here. And I always noticed those. And and one of the pictures that we took when we went to Amsterdam, um, Amsterdam, there was a beautiful park there by the river. And so many people just sitting out having lunch or reading, reading, enjoying, but those weeping willows that were growing there were just beautiful they they look a little different than ours here yeah so it's like it's a cousin right (laughs) you know first cousin removed three times or whatever (laughs) but it's a cousin but the cool thing about that was is you're right the color is a little bit darker the thickness of this tree yeah was so amazing Mm -hmm. and so i have several pictures of it because i'm like oh my god i i 
fell in love with this tree. Yeah. The beauty of it and just, and, and you could see the people really loved and appreciated it. They were around this tree. That was just such an amazing uh, moment for me as well. Yeah. You know, so not only did we, we saw the different trees and stuff there, which add to the beauty of that location, but we saw some amazing people there too. Yeah. You know, so it was such a fun thing. And I think that's the thing. If we start thinking of trees as different cultures, if we start thinking about trees as not being different than us, then maybe we will protect the rainforest. And maybe we will think twice about some of the stuff we do. You know, if you're going out and you're starting a fire, those kind of things. If we realize where there's a connectivity and that their family is the tree next to them or the distant cousin or all of those things. If we start to have an awareness about that, maybe we'll be more gentle and kind with our environment, but maybe we'll also be more gentle and kind with each other. Yeah. Realize how symbolic they are and just how important they are. And so hopefully people will pause and observe the beauty of trees. And on that note, we're going to end today because the chainsaw has started. And so that means our tree is coming down. We thank you as always for joining us. And hopefully, you know, this was a time for you guys to all sit back and reflect on your journey through life with the trees that you've been able to encounter. And be kind to each other. Remember your connectivity. And we will be back next week. Bye. Bye.